you ready for the word of the Lord, let's welcome our online audience this morning. We're so glad you tuned in. Whether you're watching us here locally or somewhere else around the world, we're so glad that you tuned in today. We invite you to be our guest. It's one thing to watch online, but it's on a whole nother level to watch it in person. And so please stop in, be our guest. We'll give you some free gifts and just tell you how much we appreciate you. Thank you so much today. Now, we are excited about our chance to continue in our series that we're calling The Good News. The Good News. How many are glad about the good news? The good news is this. The good news is that Jesus came to destroy the bad news in our life. The bad news is really bad. Without Jesus, there is no hope. Without Jesus, we have no future. But the good news is that Jesus came to set us free and to bring the good news. No matter how much I've blown it in my life, there's freedom. So today we're going to talk about freedom. The good news about freedom. I love stories of freedom. I really like movies about freedom. I love stories about people who get set free. I love stories about the Underground Railroad as we see people helping get people free who were held slaves and captive and help them escape and find their freedom. I love stories of freedom. I love, that's why I think I really like the, the movie Braveheart. Anybody like Braveheart? I really like Braveheart because there's something about William Wallace leading the Scottish Revolution of independence from England. And I love it when William Wallace goes, you know, in that scene where he leads them out and, and when he's, they captured him at the end and they're getting ready to execute him and he yells out, freedom! And I get up, the hair in my back of my neck stands up and I get up and I'm ready to go fight. And every time I watch the movie, I, I love stories of freedom. I, I love the patriot people fighting for our freedom I, I love celebrating our freedom i love the fourth of july I, I love celebrations of freedom i just love seeing people find freedom and the good news is that jesus died that you and i would have freedom from our sins and so today we got to understand it that's the good news and we've been on this book of romans we're studying the book of romans because the book of romans really articulates this good news what is the good news the gospel translates good news. And there's no other book uh, stronger than the book of Romans that really articulates as Paul is teaching us what the good news of the gospel really is. And so today, let's go ahead and go right into it. Romans 6, we're in Romans 6 today. Romans 6, 6. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. And we are no longer slaves to sin. Let's say that last line together. We are no longer slaves to sin. And so we see something happening here that through Jesus Christ, sin no longer has the power to enslave me. And so we realize whether you have one sin or you have a million sins, doesn't make a difference that we're all captive to our sin. And sin will grab you when you least expect it. Sin will get a hold of you. It'll get a hold of your life. But the good news is this, is that Jesus came to set us free from the power of sin in our lives. Come on, you got a hand clap for that. That's a big deal. He came to set us free from that power, to set us free from being a slave to sin. 
So Paul wants us to understand that sin does not have power over a Christian. Sin has not had power over our lives. Sin is no longer there to control us, but we can walk away and we can stop it from controlling our lives. See, you ever notice something that when you tell somebody to stay out of something, they never do? Have you ever noticed that? Whatever you do, don't look in here. Whatever you do, don't look, don't look inside that suitcase. What happens? If you leave the room, you're going to do it. Honestly, I'll probably do it. Why? Because we nosy. We're curious. Why? Why can't I look? What's in there? What's so bad about looking? And if we'll look and we'll check it out. What's really inside there? Is it really that bad? What are they hiding from me there? It's just our nature that we want our curiosity to check things out. I mean, think about this when it comes to the first sin. We see in the, the Garden of Eden, God told Adam and Eve, man, you can have all these good things. All, you can eat of all of these trees. You can have all the garden. You can have all these things are good. They're all for you. There's only one, one option that I, I don't want you to do. There's only one tree I want you to stay away from. And what do they do? <laughs> eat of the one, I mean, all the good things. And they end up eating of the one bad thing God told them to stay away from. Why? Because there's just something about the curiosity. We're just something that draws us. What? What's so bad about that tree? What's so bad about this, this command? And we lose focus on all the good that God's given us all the blessing that he's given us, and we'll focus on the very few things that he says don't do. And we let these things control our life. I mean, think about it. Sin causes us to do this. If I told my kids, listen, we're going to grandma and grandpa's. When we get to grandma and grandpa's, and I come into the house, and listen, whatever you do, don't go out there in grandpa's shed. I've trapped a mountain lion. There's a mountain lion in there. I've shut the doors and windows. We got a trap. I'm going to get help. I'm going to go get animal control, your park ranger, whatever we can find. We're going to bring somebody to help get rid of this thing. But whatever you do, don't go in there. How many know I would just get out of the driveway? And one of my kids would have to go peek their head inside the door and see what it's all about. It's something about curiosity that just draws us to see is it really there? Is it really bad? How bad really is it? Uh, you know, we, we just drawn to it, something about it. And but the problem is this, is that we get drawn to it and we're here and we're with it and we don't even think, well, I'm just checking it out. But what happens is it slowly begins to wrap itself around us and we don't even realize it. This is like a python. You ever know a python you don't even realize you can be, you can be out there and it'll slowly wrap itself around you and you won't even notice it until it's too late. And then once it's got its grip on you, you you're, man, you're in, you're in trouble. And that's the way sin does in our life. No one, no one comes over here thinking, boy, I'm going to, I'm going to get addicted. I can't wait. <laughs> boy, this is going to destroy my marriage. I can't wait. This is going to hurt my children. I can't wait. This is going to damage my life and health. I can't wait. This is going to cost me my job. I can't wait. No one comes over here thinking that. It's always like, you know, well, I, just, I wonder what it's about. What? It's a little bit, yeah, it tastes kind of good. 
It's a little bit of fun to it. That's the way sin does. And what we got to understand is that God has called us to leave sin in our life. And he has set us free. He has broke us as a slave to sin. What that means is this. It's not a path of perfection we're on because we're all going to deal with sin from time to time in our life. But the question is this. Are you going to allow it to enslave you? The very thing that God set us free from, are you going to allow it to become a slave to you? Or are you going to walk in a path that says, God, I want to please you. And what should happen is this, that sin in my life, sin for me may not be sin for you. And sin for you may not be sin for me. But as I'm walking and pursuing God, there's going to be things in my life he's going to ask me to give up. There's going to be things in my life he asked me to change. There's going to be things in my life he wants me to, to change the way I do it. And so he's going to ask me, and I know it. I can feel it. I can feel when I'm not pleasing the Lord. I can feel when God wants me to go to a different level. He's asking me to change some things. And when I disobey that, that's sin in my life. And so I want to live a life that is not enslaved to sin. Now, what I want you to get today is this, simply this, is that we are covered by the grace of God. I want to make sure I make that very, very clear. We're not talking about sin keeping us from heaven. Because the good news of the gospel is this, that all of my sin has been forgiven by what Jesus did on the cross. That's the good news of the gospel. But Paul comes along and says, that's the good news. And he goes, now how do we respond? Do I go back and enslave myself to the very thing that the good news set me free from? No. He goes, I want you to leave that. Now I want you to pursue a life of holiness, pursuing to do better according to what God's will is for your life. So how do we do that? How do we walk in this, this newfound freedom? Number one, you just simply got to call it out, man. Call out your sin. God, I, I'm struggling. God, I need help. God, I, I need help. I need to ask God to help me. I need to call upon God to help me. I need to ask a friend, hey, I'm struggling in this area. I got sin that I'm dealing with my area that's tempting me. I need help. Listen, don't, don't flirt with the very thing you're struggling with. Allow it out. Call it out for what it is. Look at Romans 6.20. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. Okay? But now that Jesus has set us free, he goes, what's the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, the things that end in eternal doom. So now that Jesus has set me free from my sin, I don't walk over here like, man, let me tell you how proud I am of the person I used to be. Let me tell you some stories of the, what I used to really do. There's nothing wrong with having a testimony how God set you free, but I'm not supposed to love it. I'm supposed to be like, thank God you set me free from that person I used to be. Thank God you set me free from my past mistakes. Thank God I've been, I was once a slave to my sin, but Jesus, you've now come and set me free. I should be ashamed of how I treated God. I should be ashamed that I ran from God. I should be ashamed that I didn't acknowledge God in my life. He said, that should really make me ashamed that I, I didn't serve God more when I was younger. I should feel bad, but he wants this. I want you to feel good that your sins have been forgiven. But listen, don't go around loving the sin that used to dominate your life. I've set you free. So don't fall in love with the sin that I've set you free from. Do you know what the number one danger and Yellowstone Park is? It's the bison. In case you didn't know. It's the bison. 
It's not the mountain lions. It's not the bears. It's nothing like somebody think of those things. It's the bison because the bison is big. It's fluffy, cute, and they just kind of barely mope around a little bit. People think they're slow. And so people think they can get close and take selfies like this right here. Even though throughout the park, there are banners and signs everywhere that say, stay away from the bison. Because bisons can run three times faster than a human being. And they have horns for a reason. They will stick you. They will hurt you. They could kill you. And so what happens that people think they're not going to hurt them. And they, oh, I see the signs, but you know what? They're not going to hurt me. And they'll get in close, close, and then they feel threatened because you get too close in their space. You'll turn your back to take a selfie, and they'll charge you right there and hit you from behind. You'll never see it coming. It's the, the leading cause of injury in Yellowstone Park is from the bison, despite the reason that there's warning signs everywhere in our life. I wonder how many of us do the same thing. Even though the Bible's warns is all about the danger of sin in our life, we still like, I know the Bible doesn't want me doing this, but I can, I can get close enough right here. I can get close. I'm going to keep getting closer and closer. And next thing you know, the thing has wrapped itself back around us again in our life. Addiction has grabbed the hold of our life. Fear grabbed the hold of our life. Lust grabbing hold of our life. I mean, things will happen. There's a reason why God wants us to break free. He wants us to leave it. Despite all the signs, we ignore it. When we follow Jesus, our own sin, listen, our own sin starts to bother us. When you follow Jesus, this should really bother you. Even though God has covered our sins through what Jesus did on the cross, so I don't have to live in condemnation. My, my sins are forgiven. I'm not trying to bring a, a condemning spirit to anybody today. I want you to be free. But what I want you to know is this, that this should really bother us that I don't want to continue to do the same stupid sins every day in my life. Why? Because it's enslaving me to the thing that Jesus set me free from. We all have hurts, habits, and hangups. Three ages. We all have hurts that we're hanging on to. We all have bad habits that we're hanging on to, addictions. We all have hangups that we're, we're not letting go of. And these things are causing us problems in our life. They're causing us not to live the best life that God's got for us. And many of them lead to sin in our life. He wants us free from this. So how do we do that? You got to admit it, call it out, and then you got to keep your distance. Number two, keep your distance. What are you saying, pastor? We'll make it clear for you. Stay away from the bison. Come on, turn your neighbor and say that. Say, stay away from the bison. The signs are everywhere. There's a reason why God wants you to live at a higher standard. It's not because he's trying to punish you. It's not because he's trying to make it hard for you. No, he's trying to protect your life. He's trying to protect your mind. He's trying to protect your health. He's trying to protect your family. He's trying to protect your children. He's trying to protect your spouse. He's trying to protect your finances. He's trying to protect your health. There's all these things he's trying to do in our life, and the warning signs are there. Don't, don't. And we keep flirting, so we got to keep our distance. Look at Romans 6, 12. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. 
He sets us free. The chain's been broken off of my life. Now he expects me now to live my life walking in the opposite direction. Doesn't mean I want to ever struggle. Doesn't mean I want to ever make a mistake. But he says we should not let it, what's it say? Control me any longer. I should not be sin dominant in my life. If I sin, I should be quick to repent and let it go. God, I know this doesn't please you. God, I'm, I'm getting rid of this in my life. I'm going to stop. God, I'm, God, I'm sorry. God, I'm leaving this. This is not what you planned for my life. And I'm getting out of it. I've got to keep my distance from it. The good news is that Jesus covers all of my sins. And the good news is this. I can live free from the power of sin in my life. He wants us to confess it. He wants us to call it out. He wants us to leave from it. What's the best way to avoid temptation? Stay away from it. What's the best way to stay away from temptation? Stay away from it. All right. Some of you I know, maybe you're like me, you're a little hard-headed. So let me just break it down in some practical terms, okay? Come on. Someone say, Pastor Jean, preach to me today, please. Thank you. for. All right. I think I will. Let's give some practical ways. Here's some practical ways. If you struggle with alcohol addiction or drinking excessively, stay away from open bars. I know, right? Rocket science. I can't go to this person's house because I know they're going to have they're going to have several ice chests full of alcohol, and I can't control myself. So I need to stay away places where I would indulge too much. I got to keep myself out of that place. If you struggle with being faithful. To your spouse. Don't be alone with people you're attracted to. I know, right? Rocket science. But it's what God wants us to do. Why? Because I'm fleeing the power of sin in my life. So I don't come over here and open it up every time and see just how close I can get without failing. No, I, I keep myself away. I have a lot less chance of failing when I keep distance between me and the temptation. But he's really nice. He listens to me. My husband doesn't listen to me. And, and I can tell my pride. He's really easy to talk to. He's just, a, he's just a good friend. He's just, he's just, look, he's just, if you could just see his heart, Pastor, if you could just see his heart. Let me tell you, honey, he cares nothing about your heart. He only wants in your pants. I'm going to tell you right now. Someone say, preach, Pastor. All right. I'm telling you how it is. But he treats me like a princess. No, he, he's doing that for a reason. I'm telling you. If he loves and respects you, he'll honor your marriage and give you the space away and keep it healthy. I know I'm preaching at you today. Okay. How many are thankful that our sins are covered by the grace of God, right? We need it. But then once he covers us, he wants us to leave it. So how do I do that? I, I, get, I get space between me. Listen, if you struggle with gluttony, don't go hang out at the buffet. How did Joseph handle his temptation? Remember Joseph working for Potiphar? Potiphar's wife said, hey, Jojo. Jojo. You're looking good, Jojo. What did he do? Was he like, uh, yeah, sure, thank you. Let's get a selfie together. Hey, let's go have lunch together and talk us over. What did he do? He took the spirit of Forrest Gump, hit him, and it says, and he ran. He 
ran away. As soon as she, she grabbed his jacket and he left his jacket there, he ran. He's like, no, I know me. I, I know I can't even, I can't even put myself in that situation. I got to run from it. Sometimes you just got to run. Oh, you hear me? Sometimes you find yourself pulling up. You need to hit the gas and keep on going by. I can't go into this place. I can't knock on that door. I can't go in there. Why? Because I know I got to run. Decide to take control of your health. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in control. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to do things. And then they turn the hot light sign on. And Krispy Kremes. True story. <laughs> when they first opened up the Krispy Kremes in Branson, my family and I happened to be vacationing there that week. And so I, there's seven of us, five kids, me and my wife. And so every time they turned the hot light on, that was seven free donuts. So how many know every night at 10 o'clock, we happen to show up at the right time? Seven times seven is what? That's right. We got almost 50 free donuts that week. We scored, okay? We bought a lot of donuts too, so don't worry. I remember one time I was in there and it's late that night, that week, and they had the hot light on. This big bus pulled up of seniors who had been watching one of the shows and they walked in. They'd never been into a Krispy Kreme before. And oh, it smells so good. And they watched it. I said, Ladies, it's on me. Everyone, if you get one donut, on me. This nice man, they all come by and shake my hand. Thank you, sir. This gets the kindest guy ever. And all new getting a free donut eating it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I'm like, God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> I never told him. It was great. Great story. Anyway, but listen, when me, when I know, when I'm trying to lose weight, and I see the hot light sign on, I'm like, honey, don't even turn down there. Don't even, don't even drive by because I want to pull in. Go down to the next exit. I can, I can see the, the hot lights on from the, on from the distance. I, I got to stay away. We got to protect ourselves. Don't get so close. Don't come and hang out of here. It's not going to hurt me. It's not going to do me any damage. That's how it always starts. But look at this statement. I think it really sums it up. We underestimate sin power. And we overestimate our willpower. And we forget to use God power. Wow. We underestimate the power of sin. I'll just take a look. I'll just take one bite. And then the thing begins to wrap itself around us. I can, I can fight it off. I'm strong. I'm strong, Pastor. Ooh, ooh, you should have saw me last week in worship. I was lifting my hands. I was feeling it. Oh, no, I'm going to do better this week. No, you do better by... Keeping your distance. Keeping your distance from the things God doesn't want for our life. Is he trying to deprive you? No, he's trying to let you thrive in health, spiritually, physically, mentally, in your marriage, in your mind. I'm struggling with lust. I don't know why I struggle with lust. I'm always struggling with lust. I'm always tempted. These girls are always tempting me. And Well, maybe it could be because you're spending two hours a day on porn and your phone, guys. Get rid of it. Come on, get rid of it. It's destroying your life. It's destroying your marriage. Is it covered under the blood? Yes, God forgave it. Is it going to keep me out of heaven? No, because God has forgiven it. But he didn't forgive you and cut that off so that you would live a slave to it. 
Why? Because it'll destroy your marriage, it'll destroy your children, it'll destroy your health, it'll destroy your job, it'll destroy your finances. Get free. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's preaching really good to me today. Mm. All right, let's bring this thing to a close. Number three, you got to run in your freedom. Run in your freedom. Learn to run in the freedom God's given you. Look at Romans 6, 22. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. Now we are free from the power of sin. So God comes in our life. We're chained up to the power of sin. He sent his son to die. And when we accept what his son did on the cross, it breaks us free from the power of sin in our life. But that's only part one. Then it says this, but now we have become slaves to God. See, some of us think the, the chain's broken and hanging here. It ain't. Now we are called to chain ourselves to God. Why? Because as I'm being led here, if I'm chained to God, I'm thinking, boy, I really, but God, I want you more. God, I, I miss, but I miss you more. God, I, I like, but I like you a lot better. God, you, you're bringing health to my family. God, you're healing me. God, you're breaking my addiction. God, you're setting me free. God, you're bringing grace upon grace upon grace, blessing upon blessing upon blessing. God, I'm a slave to you. And the rest of my days we live worshiping you. God, I will now be addicted to you. And every when I stay close to the Lord, he can, all he has got to do is just pull. I want that. But the Spirit says, no, no, come on back. I'm saving you. I once was a slave to my sin. Now I become a slave to God. I want to close with this story. In 1945, at the end of World War II, there was a Japanese soldier. His name was He Wu. Not Hebrews, He Wu. And the final week of the war, as the American troops were closing in, he fled for the Philippines jungle. And he hid. Because he was taught it was a they were taught it was such a shameful thing to be a prisoner of war. It was taught it better to kill yourself than to be caught captive and be a prisoner of war so he was hiding out and about a week later the war was over you know how long this guy stayed in hiding 28 years he stayed in hiding after the war was over he was a prisoner to the war for 28 years look at this picture and you see the picture he they found him he refused to leave so they had to fly over his commanding officer who was still alive, and he gave him the orders, you're now free, you can go back home. And when he returned, look, look at him, they're, 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 they can barely keep him laughing because they're thinking, what an incredible story, but what kind of crazy nut lives 28 years in a prison for a war that has been over for 28 years? And and it seems kind of funny and sad at the same time. And really for many of us, for, I'm being honest, that's really how we can look spiritually. God has set us free, but even though he set us free, we'll, we'll live captive to the very thing God set us free from. You don't have to be captive to your sin any longer. God's grace covers you. He forgives you. 
and he will give you the power to cut off that sin and leave it far behind. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for your amazing grace. I needed it so much in my life and still do to this day. And everybody in this room, we need your grace and your mercy. And we thank you, God, that you're so quick to give it to us. And I thank you, Father, you've broken off the power of sin in our life. That we don't have to live in that addiction any longer. We don't have to live in that place any longer. But God, there is freedom. Today, with every head bowed and no one looking but me, I just want to ask you a personal question. Have you surrendered your life fully to Jesus? The Bible says we must, we must believe that he is the Messiah. We must believe he's God's only son, that he died on the cross for our sins. We must believe it. It says we must also confess it with our mouth. And without anybody looking today, we won't do anything to single you out. We're not going to embarrass you, I promise you. But if you're ready to surrender your life fully to Jesus, can you just raise your hand where you're at and say, Pastor, that's me today. I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus. Let me see it. Raise it right now. Let me see. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else want to join? Yeah, several hands, guys. Thank you for being honest today. This is the reason why we're here. It's for you to make these decisions. If you haven't raised your hand, raise it one more time right now. Let me see. I want to make sure I didn't miss anybody. Yeah, thank you. If you raise your hand, I want you to just, just say this prayer after me and as Christians around you, we'll say it with you to help you along. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I believe you are the Messiah, God's only son. And from this day forward, I will live for you and I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer from your heart and you meant it, we say, Welcome to the family of God. Come on, give him a big hand clap. Yes.